Hello fellow Earthlings, welcome to the Small City Startup. I'm your host, Stan Nguyen, and I'll be highlighting startups outside of Silicon Valley. And I'm starting by highlighting entrepreneurs in my city of Tacoma, Washington. There are people doing some amazing things out here with only a population of about 215,000 and growing. Today, I have with me Tani McGoy, the Chief Marketing Officer from Empathy Admin. But in a startup, I'm sure she wears a lot of hats. Let's get to it. Thanks for joining us, Tani. Thank you, Stan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So let's start with your background and where you grew up and let's go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a little town called Elma. Um, Anyone who's maybe been around Tacoma a lot might know where that is. They might not. Um, But it is about an hour away from Tacoma towards Olympia. And um, from Elma, Tacoma was always kind of like the, that big city, you know, that you go if you're going on a real shopping trip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I eventually moved there at 18 for college and call Tacoma my home now. I've had been sprouting my roots there for about six years now. And yeah, I've come to, to love the, the cute little metropolis that is Tacoma. Yeah, awesome. And Elma, in what direction from Tacoma is that? Because I have no idea. Yeah, so that's actually west. West. So if you go to Olympia, you'd keep going as if you go to the beach. But if you blink, you might miss it, okay? But you'll go through it on the way to the beach. (laughs) Nice. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of research about you, and I saw that you were the valedictorian in high school. Oh, yeah. Wow, good for you. you. Thank you. Did you just crush it in school? Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure. I just, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I worked hard, and then and then one day I realized that I was doing pretty good, and so I just decided to to keep going. I thought I could make it happen. So nice, and you are. You definitely are. Thank you. So congrats for doing that. My goodness. So you're over there doing empathy admin, and yes. uh, can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So Empathy Admin is a completely remote startup. Um, We provide administrative assistance and billing services to mental health uh, providers, mental health care. And again, it's all remote. So our goal is to meet the demands of the new normal since COVID-19 while simultaneously embodying, embodying all of the personal quality of, you know, the togetherness and the teamwork that we may miss from before the pandemic, right? So what what, it, what was it like in the office when we were all together? Um, we wanna provide assistance that's remote, but yet, you know, you can talk to us like your in-house assistant, you can work with us like your in-house assistant. Um, and we still have that personal relationship where we work together like a team. Um, but everything's online. Um, and I have never even met any of my clients. I have never met my employee. Um, so it is a whole new, whole new kind of business model in that way. That's very exemplary of our new normal. Yeah. Wow. That definitely solves a lot of problems for a lot of people. And how did you even come up with that? Honestly? So it was a, an opportunity that kind of just got thrown, thrown at us. So I had been 
um, enjoying a previous passion project called Pick Puffin, which is a photo booth company. And that really kind of went comatose from COVID-19 as everything was on lockdown. There's no weddings, there's no parties. Um, and I was really just waiting to see where all of this was going. I think we all were. Um, and my partner, um, Teddy is his name, who's my business partner now. Um, and also my uh, romantic partner. Okay. He was uh, furloughed from his job. Um, he is a he was completing his education as a therapist and um, performing administrative assistant duties at that time. Well, he was furloughed, but had offers to continue providing um, assistance. And since I was waiting for my next opportunity to come, and he was getting offers for. Um, you know, contracting as um, an assistant. We just decided this was something that was in need with the new world. And we kind of just dived in and I took it and loved it and gave it my, my time and attention. And we've just been growing it ever since. So it's been about a year and a half now. So, wow, you started right in the beginning of the pandemic, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. It happened pretty quick. There was that that couple months where you're twiddling your thumbs being like, what is going on? Yeah. Um, and then I definitely I think think I had a bit of a craving for something that was predictable, something that was sustainable, something resilient. And while it had felt like some of my previous endeavors were that way before, I think COVID-19 kind of, you know, shot a lot of people in the foot with with a lot of their plans and ideas. So. Yeah. So you, you mentioned your previous endeavors and you mentioned pick puffing. It was yeah. a photo booth. Was that your first? Um, sort of, sort of. So uh, besides pick puffing, there was also MCS wise, which I haven't ever gotten the chance to really finish, but um, I think my eventual and long-term business focus actually goes along with uh, medical awareness for multiple chemical sensitivity, um, which is a disorder characterized by hypersensitivity to environmental triggers. So for instance, being um, hypersensitive to formaldehyde in new building materials or perfumes and colognes just on our neighbors in the classroom. Um, and that's something that um, I have struggled with, uh, my mother has struggled with, uh, but more importantly, I've connected with a lot of people in communities who are even experiencing homelessness and lack of resources from it. So that is definitely my like eventual, you know, kind of like a, the moment kind of a background focus, but something that's definitely an eventual direction for me that I'd like to combine with my business experience. Um, and so I do also have mcswise.org, which is meant to bring um, the research about chemical sensitivity to the forefront of especially search engines, though I wouldn't say it has the search engine optimization that I would love for it to have at the moment, because again, that's taken a back burner, but has a lot of valuable information on there that I'm hoping to, to take to the next level at some point. Um, wow. Wow. So you're very entrepreneurial. You're still in school. Is that right? Um, I am. I'm taking a break at the moment just because empathy admin has definitely been taking the forefront of my attention. And in order for me to give the quality um, that I'd like to give to to our clients and the attention that I think it deserves, I have to take another break. But 
I am only about a quarter away from graduating. So we'll see when I get back to that. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of school too. So, and if it's calling you, I say, go for it, especially yeah. if you already have a business going, you know? Well, that's what I keep telling my mom. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. And what, what is she saying? She's very supportive of whichever direction I go. But um, of course, there's those few beloved people in my life that are like, you know, come on, you got to finish school. You got to finish school. Don't, you know, if you don't finish now, you're, you're going to get pregnant and have a baby. And now, you know, you'll never finish. That's, that's the story. So. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and what do you think makes you so entrepreneurial? Do you think that you get your entrepreneurial roots from your parents? They actually do own a uh, small business themselves. But what's interesting is they have made it very clear that they don't recommend going that direction. So, wow. yeah. And I, I've even told that to myself because even with some of my past endeavors, you know, I thought, wow, like this is, this is kind of stressful, you know, like there's a lot of liability and a lot of risk that, you know, can, can really get a hold of you and drag you down sometimes. And I've actually even said like, okay, I'm going to take a step back and not do business. I, got away from business being my major. I used to go to University of Puget Sound and I was in the business leadership program. And I actually stopped that because I said, no, I, I don't think I want to be an entrepreneur anymore. Um, but then I just found myself seeing a project and, you know, I've always loved projects. I've always loved building things or having, you know, little things I, I see in my head and bringing it to life. But then as, now that I'm an adult and I guess I'm starting to see the, the world's resources, it's opening up entrepreneurship as a way to build projects and maybe even throw income in there or, you know, environmental change or, you know, um, changes that could maybe affect the world in a good way. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, when you had this business idea and you sat down, you came home one day, what did you do? How'd you get it started? Did you start making phone calls? Did you start emailing a bunch of people? Yeah. So for empathy admin specifically, um, I'll clarify that it's COVID. So we were already home for way too long Yeah, um, and we were just twiddling our thumbs, but I had just gotten back from a nice long quarantined road trip um, with my man, Teddy, and um, we had kind of thrown around the idea of what it could be expanded into. And uh, one day I just, well, so it was at first going to be his alone, but then he eventually thought, you know what, I think that we're, we're going to be stronger together. So I kind of just jumped in and started building a website. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not the strongest website builder, but it was something to start doing that went towards the eventual picture. So it started with a website and then it went to business plan and that business plan has been building ever since. I see. And what are you getting your degree now? What were you getting your degree in at UW? Yeah, so I am getting my degree there in interdisciplinary arts and sciences with a minor in global engagement. And then I'm collecting all of the prerequisites for being a pre-medical degree so that I could eventually go into either a grad school program in research or a medical degree 
possibly naturopathic medicine. It's a little bit up to debate with COVID-19, obviously now, which direction I'd specifically go, but I'm still learning to see which direction is going to be the best to help out the MCS community, the chemical sensitivity community, um, whether that's treating them or researching or activism, but definitely a medical focus. Okay. And so you said you weren't the best website builder. How'd you even build the website? Yeah. So definitely relying a lot on WordPress themes as far away from coding as we can possibly get. Yeah. Um, That's probably going to be my favorite. Um, But it's slow and steady, lots of Googling straight up. Just, I usually just go to WordPress, find a theme and then encounter lots and lots of glitches and spend lots of time Googling, trying to find the right keywords to Google to, to answer problems. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Very resourceful. We're very lucky to have Google. (laughs) Yeah. The website looks great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was just have a new one in the making. (laughs) Oh, okay. And are you working on that too? Or that one I have nothing to do with, and it is wonderful. Um, we have a coder who's developing that. We're looking for a designer um, at the moment because we have most of the content down, but um, we are in the process of building a new website, including a web portal and an app. Um, and that's going to be a streamlined method for connecting our employees to their therapists that they're serving so that they can more effectively and securely assign tasks and communicate. Okay. How did you get your first five customers? Our first five came directly from Teddy's uh, network. So he already, you know, he was in school to become a therapist and he was also an administrative assistant for um, a group practice. And so we kind of automatically, we were lucky enough to like automatically get a lot of them right away. And then from there, it expanded to a few more people in his network that needed, you know, services. And they were like, hey, like my friend does this. And so that was definitely a lucky start because that's such a good question. That's definitely a big struggle for a lot of people starting out. It's Mm -hmm. like, where do you start? Where do you find it? If you have one or two, I think that leaning on referrals is such a good way to like scale, but in a way that's like, more measurable and controllable because obviously if you just throw out a bunch of campaigns, you might scale too fast Um, or it might not be effective because you don't have the data to know what's the best way to market. So referrals were our best friend and still are right now for getting our clients. Yeah. So it seems like this type of business, having an assistant, a virtual assistant would benefit other communities as well. Have you considered anything like that? Because I, I feel like it might be beneficial in the dental office. Yeah, absolutely. And we've definitely considered it because we've had a lot of individuals say, hey, I'm a chiropractor or, hey, I'm, you know, a nurse with a, a practice in this, you know, can, can you work for us? And we definitely hope to in the future. But it's at this point, we have enough clientele to manage where we're at and we're hoping to have additional departments in the future to handle that. So at the moment, we're pretty much just serving um, therapists, mental health care practitioners, including psychiatrists. And then we do also have like a speech therapist. Um, So as long as it's kind of in that mental health space, that's 
primarily our focus, but we're hoping to expand in the future. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and I think that's what they say too, right? Is to narrow your focus in the beginning. That way you can serve your niche very well and then kind of grow from there. Yeah, that's definitely the hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like it's working. So Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and how did you have money for this business? Did you, and how much money did it take? Yeah, no, that's a super good question. I think that so many startups, you know, require a lot in the beginning. And we were actually lucky to not have very high overhead costs. Um, we definitely had some, so, but we were able to pull that from that that we had just collected in our savings, uh, myself and Teddy together. Um, and then just scale at a rate that matches our income so that our overhead was always included in that. And that's worked out really well for us. Again, I know that that strategy doesn't always work best, but I think it works well for those people who are looking to first get their foot in the door and maybe don't feel like they have the business experience to really spark the interest of any investors yet or anything. Not saying that we couldn't, but I know that's a complaint that I've heard a lot of friends ask about. They're like, hey, I have this idea, but like, how in the world do you get funding? You know, mm -hmm. I definitely have ideas for MCS that, you know, I can't wait to jump into, but I didn't feel like I was quite ready to make that happen. So I still jot down all of my, you know, little notes about my, my dreams of how I'm not, how I'm going to make that happen. And right now I'm putting all of my love into this because this is something that matches my skill level. This is something that matches my business experience. Um, and the amount of funding we were able to get at this time. And then I'm hoping, and not just hoping, but also realizing that I'm able to get a lot more, you know, networking contacts just from diving in and doing this, this uh, empathy admin. I'm mm -hmm. able to get more contacts. And I think that that's going to improve my chances of getting investors for, for instance, for Pickpuffin, which is hopefully coming back. I love the and name, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah, my my business partner with business partners with Pickpuffin are excited to bring that back um, now that we're maybe seeing where COVID's going a little bit. So this yeah. is my 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 foot in the door a little bit where we didn't use any investing for this one. Nice. And so do you plan on getting investors eventually for empathy admin or where are you going with that? We've talked about it, but I think we're leaning towards no. Um, at this point, it doesn't look like we will need it. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know it seems, but it, no, yeah, it's working pretty great. I don't think for this endeavor we will, but we will for Pickpuffin. Yeah, it sounds like it's working out pretty well. You spent all summer down there in Huntington Beach and you're there now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just because why not? It's remote and... It's sunny down here. Not that there's anything wrong with the rain. I love the rain. Yeah. Um, and hey, it's been really, really hot up there is what everyone keeps telling me. They're like, man, uh, what's up with this 100 degree weather? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you said that you're going to bring Pick Puffin back. And you said you're going to get investors for that. And it's yeah. a photo booth company, right? For events. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about that? And what you plan on doing with the investment? Yeah, absolutely. So we enjoyed Pick Puffin for, well, it used to be Flying Tortuga. Um, so <laughs> Flying Tortuga. Yes. What a cool name. Yeah, We're no. Flying... Such cool names. 
Yeah. So. <laughs> that one I did not name. Proud work of my uh, beloved friend and business partner, Sam, who owned Flying Tortuga and Flying Tortuga brought photo booth services, but especially other photography services to to everyone um, was their goal to, to reach to reach a lot of different groups, a lot of different audiences, but it ended up focusing a lot on photo booths. That ended up being my passion because I don't know, I guess I love to party or something, but <laughs> I ended up really running with the photo booth idea, which is whenever it trans transitioned into pick puffin, which focused exclusively on photo booths. Obviously then COVID happened. So we've been strategizing together about pick puffin and what we're going to do if, and when it ever came back. And Sam has been working very hard on strategizing our next steps. And yeah, that does include getting some investors and scaling the photo booth in Tacoma and then to Seattle, which we used to do before we served Tacoma and Seattle, but then scaling it beyond because we think the way that we do our photo booths is a way that people might be interested in hiring us in other cities as well. So, so what makes it different the way you do your photo booth? Yeah. So we take pride, especially in our customized customizability we're customizable um, because we offer a lot of different options and we're also more affordable than a lot of other options and so you can bring us to your party and we're very involved whenever we go we bring people in we bring the party not just the photo booth because we make it fun we have props that match your theme we have backgrounds that match your theme um, we can change the lights we can change everything we can put your bitmoji on your backdrop um, wow. we can do whatever you want. And so we find that that type of festivity has done very well for us in the past. And we ended up with a lot of, a lot of business and definitely enough to maybe scale into getting a lot of photo booths and serving a lot of different places at once. But of course that, that is one endeavor that does take capital. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's a you know, blast. Yeah. To go to weddings and whatever else, birthday parties. and Yeah, it definitely took us all over. We served the governor's um, Christmas party. Wow. Um, yeah, and we just went to different places, you know, rooftop uh, hotels in Seattle, just all kinds of different places, meeting different people. Um, everybody loves a photo booth. There is no one that does not love a photo. Do you love a photo booth at a party? Yeah, oh, I love, yeah. I love photo booths. But exactly. so it's not a mach it's not a big box that you guys have. Or you guys just set up like a, a booth type of yes, thing. Yes, we like open booths because we oh, okay. like the um, way that it includes everyone at the party. Um, so yes, our photo booths are a backdrop with a photo booth behind it, and you can walk in one side and out the other. Um, and that way, it's part of the decoration to the party, and it also includes someone manning the booth or womaning the booth uh, <laughs> who can include everyone and make it fun and make it make it part of the attraction. Nice. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I miss it so much. Please COVID go away because I need some parties to attend to. <laughs> yeah. So can we book Pick Puffin right now? At the moment, not quite yet. Tell you what, Don, I'll hit you up whenever whenever we're ready to launch. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to book you for my birthday party. Yeah, it sounds good. We'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that I don't have any other questions besides 
What advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's so much to say because honestly, there's so many fun challenges um, that I've encountered just in the brief five years I've been getting my business experience. But whenever I think about that question, I really want to like talk to my aspiring women entrepreneurs, if there's, you know, ever any listening, because I think that that's something that's made my experience a little bit unique, um, especially in the, in the sense of like networking and, and trying to, to build relationships. So I think that sometimes, you know, we all fight imposter syndrome, man, woman, you know, whatever, we all fight a little bit of imposter syndrome. And I think that that can make us particularly vulnerable to um, a mentality that's a bit of a follower mentality. It's a bit of like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing. So, so what's a real entrepreneur going to do, you know? And I don't know who this real entrepreneur is, but I definitely find that everything good that has ever come from my thinking and my brain came from myself at a time when I had a mentality of um, authenticity and a mentality of I'm going to do this my way. And that means holding on to your values, your boundaries, um, your ethics, and even your womanhood. And so I think you read all these textbook ways about how to be the right entrepreneur. And as a woman, sometimes the rules can be different because um, maybe you're trying to build a business relationship, but you can't go to that boys only happy hour because God forbid you might tell their wives what they were saying when you were out for a beer, or uh, maybe you want to reach out to a male contact from that networking event. But many men, um, maybe a man is going to see that as romantic interest and that's going to be an awkward situation. Uh, meanwhile, many men actually see that awkwardness as a potential situation and they may avoid altogether networking with a woman. And so since there are a lot of male entrepreneurs um, and a lot of men in power in that scene, it can be very difficult to gain those partnerships, to gain those business contacts. And so I think it's especially important as a woman to know your boundaries, establish your boundaries and go ahead and make some mistakes because you have to make mistakes in order to find out, you know, what your values are um, and to know what makes you feel comfortable and empowered. So Wow, that's great. That's Thank great. You. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I'm pushing for more women entrepreneurs. I want my business to have a woman CEO. I've said that a, a million times because I've, I've read in business school that women on boards lead to higher dividends. And they're also better at making ethical decisions. You know, oh, wow. I believe that 100% because... My, my wife makes the best ethical decisions and moral decisions. <laughs> I'm glad she's there. I'm glad women are there for us. But that's yeah. an interesting statistic. I'll remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so what, what book recommendations do you have for us and our listeners? Yeah, definitely. So I was trying to think of maybe a book that hasn't been recommended a million times because there are, of course, those classics, you know, the How to Win Friends and Influence People, which, oh, yeah. of course highly recommended. Let's all be authentic. Um, it'd be great for us all. Um, <laughs> but I have a personal favorite called a little manual for knowing 
Um, and that is by Esther Lightcap Meek. Um, and that book, my little, you know, elevator pitch without spilling it, because of course you need to read the book to really, to really get what she's saying. But essentially it gave me a mentality to look at the world in a way that really helps me um, learn enthusiastically and well, efficiently, and doesn't feel like work. It makes it feel fun. And it doesn't talk specifically about business. It does not talk specifically about entrepreneurship, but any entrepreneur will definitely find that these perspectives will help them in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. All right. That's great. I'm going to add that to my list right now. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. I recommend yeah. it. Yeah. Is it a long book or it sounds like a short no. book? It is okay. very short. So it's a quick read. Honestly, you get your coffee and you get your baklava and you could sit down and read it in one long evening. Nice. Okay. I like that you said baklava. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my man is Armenian. So uh, we okay. got a lot of baklava and I've been having it with Sadaf tea every morning. <laughs> oh, yummy. And I'm a tea morning person too. So are you? Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll get some baklava and read that book. And I'll let you know how it goes. And Tanya, how can we help you out as a community? Yeah, for sure. So as we've talked about a little bit, there aren't any particular investment opportunities now, but my partners and I are looking forward to offering investment opportunities soon for PickPuffin. And we are specially designing this investment opportunity to be available for young investors, people who maybe don't have a whole bunch to invest and maybe they don't exactly know where to start. So if that's somebody out there, like we're all learning too. And that's the kind of people we really love to connect with and love to help. And we love supporting each other um, because sometimes it can be hard to break into some of these, some of these worlds. And we just want to, we just want to, we want that help, but we want to help at the same time. So we want to make that available to people who are still learning. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I really like that. And like, what, what size investment are you talking here? Yeah. So I don't have an exact number now, but I think what we've talked about is between like, you know, 200 and $500 even. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just enough to get your, get your feet in the water and support, have a say and get some experience, even like helping make some decision-making even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you'll be part business owner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You get your start right there. It's great. And then on the other hand, um, as far as helping out as a community, I love community. I love people helping each other, especially through friendships and mutual care. So I also just love to get connected with, you know, anyone who is an entrepreneur. If you're a woman entrepreneur, if you're a male entrepreneur, I still love you. Um, But yeah, definitely. If you have any like questions um, about empathy admin or about resources, like anyone, I, I honestly hope that they would reach out and just say hi. Yeah. And how can they reach out? Yeah. So you can reach out. I am on LinkedIn. My name's a little complicated though. So, (laughs) but my full name is Tawny McGoy, T-A-H-N-I. McGoy is M-C-G-A-U-G-H-Y. And then I also have a good email is my first name, T-A-H-N-I at empathyadmin.com. Okay. And I'll add that in the show notes so people can find you a lot easier. Thank you so much, Stan. Yeah, thank you, Tani, for your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. 
And uh, I know I got something from it and I hope others do too. Yeah, definitely. I love what you're doing. I love your focus. I think it's really awesome. And I've really enjoyed talking to you. I hope we stay in touch. Yeah, we definitely will. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. If you want more information, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can also find me at Stan at the smallcitystartup.com. You can also go there for additional information. I wanted to say that your outfit looks great today. And I can't wait to see you next time on Small City Startup.